Thank you for listening to Wolfcast and Pod, the episode-by-episode breakdown of Angel the Television series. We will be discussing each episode in detail, so we have no concern for spoilers and the like. Please enjoy. What? Well, it's just I, I, I'm not used to... He's not used to the new you. I know what's out there now. We have a lot of evil to fight, a lot of people to help. I just hope Skin and Bones here can figure out what those lawyers raised sometime before that prophecy kicks in and you croak. That was the old me, wasn't it? I like them both. Incoming message from the higher powers. It's another episode of Wolfcast and Pod, the final episode of season one, where we break down each episode of Angel Television Show uh, longer than would likely take you just to watch the show. Joining me, uh, Wolfcast on the other line, is my pod, Marsha. Yo. How's it going today, Marsha? It's pretty good. Nice. I saw the Perseid meteor shower last night. You can see it really well from our place because we're in the middle of the country. Oh. I thought the meteor shower was on Saturday. Um, It's going to show again between midnight and 5 a.m. this morning, which is great. Uh, My mom took the baby, so we're going to be outside again tonight watching it. Cool. Um, Yep. You ready to... Hit up this final episode of season one. Heck yeah. Um, this is the one I was wanting to do last time. <laughs> I was super sad that it wasn't that one. Tell us that plot. Okay, this is the season finale of season one. Um, in the last few episodes, they've received the prophe- prophecies of Abergian. Abergian? Just call it the Shanshu Prophecy. It's what they call it from the now Shanshu on. The Shanshu Prophecy. That's right. Um, he he decides that the word Shanshu means death, meaning Angel is going to die. Um, the lawyers at... Well, when we start out... <laughs> when we start out, we see David Nabbit again, right? He comes in and wants to hang with the guys and after an awkward time he leaves (laughs) and then we see Wesley looking at the prophecy again and then we see the lawyers at Wolfram Hart call a warrior of the underworld named Voka he is apparently the owner of the prophecy or he needs it to perform a raising Um, and he learns that it's in Angel's possession then uh, Cordelia has a vision about a big scary monster and Angel goes to help this woman and Angel Angel kills her 
or kills the slime demon, right? Uh. Yeah, the homeless woman where he runs into Kate. Right. <laughs> and uh, Kate arrives at the scene and declares that she's going to rid the city of all vampires. Good luck with that. Yeah, the next morning, uh, Wesley and Cordelia are talking about Angel growing as a person, not as a vampire, and Cordelia decides he needs a hobby. So mm. cut to an uh, art festival or a music festival or something. And Cordelia is buying. I think it's like a flea market. Yeah, it's like an outdoor open air gathering. Cordelia buys up some art supplies, and Voca is in the crowd, totally inconspicuously, and brushes by Cordelia. And it turns out uh, she like collapses and starts screaming. We don't know what's going on. Uh, the doctors say she's having a psychotic break. Wesley thinks. I forget why Wesley goes back to the Wesley goes back to the to the uh, office, and he finds the looted cabinet down in Angel's Angel's rooms, and he gets out just as the building is exploding. Or uh, Angel gets to the building just as it is exploding. He goes through the wreckage, and Wesley's in there, but it's he's really hurt. And Kate confronts Angel as a uh, witness to a crime scene, but Angel just walks off because he's going to do what he wants and goes with Wesley to the hospital. So now Wesley and Cordelia are in the hospital. He decides to help. Of course he's going to help them. There's a symbol on Cordelia's hand. He takes it to the oracles. But it turns out they're dead, and everything's all busted up in there. And the ghost of one of the oracles comes, and she actually gives him some good information. Uh, she says he needs to go to Wolfram and Hart. Angel asks Gunn to stand guard, and goes to hunt down Voka. Voka is in a crypt, reading from the scrolls, and he sacrifices five vampires that are chained to a cage, and the Wolfram. Wolfram and Hart lawyers go to attend this raising. Angel crashes the party. He goes to battle. Uh, Lindsay actually jumps in and starts finishing the ritual for Voka. And uh, the that's when the vampires actually die. And Holland says, I mean, I guess the ritual's been completed at that point, and Holland gets him out of there. It ends up, Angel kills Voka, he faces Lindsay, he cuts off Lindsay's hand, and then we cut back. Wesley's better. He reads the words of Anatoly, Anatoly and Cordelia is released from the curse. It, well, it turns out what happened to Cordelia is she was seeing the pain and suffering of literally everyone in the world. And it was driving her crazy. She couldn't do anything else. And then back at their apartment, she vows to become a protector of humanity for everyone that's suffering. And Wesley decides that he deciphered the prophecy wrong and Chanshu actually means life, meaning that Angel will become a human. And the very last little bit, they look into the cage and it's Darla. The Wolfram and Hart lawyers look into the cage and they see Darla. So something I've 
I don't know how many times I've seen this show, but only finally realized this time is that the um, name of the episode um, spoils the ending. Like, if you think about it and are a film geek like me, because there's a movie called mm-hmm. To Live and Die in L.A., so the fact that the episode is called To Shanshu in L.A. is telling you that Shanshu means live and die. Ah. Finger guns. Um, this episode's fine, unlike uh, other episodes that I think are fine uh, from this season. This one is fine because it has uh, some highs, some stuff that I really, really like, and some lows, stuff that I don't like at all. Um, and like I mentioned in previous episodes, uh, I mostly like it think it's funny as a way like interpreting as a way for voca to just go through and just like remove all of the stuff that the writers don't want to bring with them to season two yeah i think it's hilarious for that reason they're like okay we don't like this let's blow it up we don't like these guys let's blow them up and it's they could have just not gone back to the oracles right but instead they're like let's blow it up <laughs> yeah what did you think? I really like this episode. Um, there's some really quiet times, but I think that's kind of what makes it a good episode. Because previously we've had mostly fast-paced episodes and some episodes that were all kind of quiet and slow. Which is, the you know, the episodes with the guy that can pop off his hand? I see those as mostly, that's like a mostly slow and quiet episode. Mm -hmm. Um, But then this one, it feels like it's much longer than it is, but in a good way. Like, it feels like it has some breathing room, and I really like that. My first note is throws vampire at camera, so it must have begun with a fight, but I don't remember the fight. I don't either. My first note is that they're still figuring out the prophecy. Yeah. Um, Yeah, my next couple notes are about that scene. Uh... Wesley scolding Cordelia saying it's an ancient sacred text, not a magic eight ball. And Cordelia saying that she was joking. And Angel says, I thought it was funny. <laughs> um, we learn Lindsay is promoted, right? That's when Angel learns Lindsay was promoted. Mm. He had the opportunity for change. He didn't take it. He doesn't seem particularly perturbed about yeah. it. And aren't, don't they end up being concerned that Angel doesn't really care what what happened to Lindsay? Yeah. Yeah, it, in this scene, he's very standoffish, and uh, um, this is, I guess, the beginning of sort of that thematic arc. I mean, it sort of makes sense with what has been happening in the previous episodes, where he's been getting really upset about the fact that Wolfram and Hart, you know, wins the majority of, I guess, battles between yeah. them. Um and that he doesn't make much of a difference. And now he seems, you know, existentially, you know, removed about right. it. Right. He's like, eh, well, you know, can't control what Lindsay does. David Nesbitt just wanted yes, to hang. Yes, I thought that was hilarious. I'm, I call him Nabbit, but it is Nesbitt, right? Um, I think so. Yeah, doesn't isn't he like, this is where they walk through that very door, and then they stare at the door for a while, yeah. and then they're like, hmm. Yeah. 
And then he <laughs> yes. just turns around and leaves. And <laughs> David Boyanus's comedic timing is really good. The way that he just looks at the door. I like that part as well. Unspeakable fiends of hell, hot on their heels. They walk through that door. Almost <laughs> And then Wesley realizes that Shanshu means uh, die. Um, and Angel's response is, oh, anything else? Even though that, um, you know, they later say that Angel doesn't care about anything. Like when Cordelia has a vision, he experiences emotions and, you know, wants Cordelia to be okay and then goes and kills the monster. So. He's obviously not totally separate from the yeah, world. Yeah, I mean, isn't his discomfort with prophecies pretty well-traveled at this point? Because prophecies never end up the way they think. The real monkey's paw? Yes. Uh, they should have a show with prophecies where the prophecies go exactly as they're listed. And people would be like, well, that's a surprise by not being a surprise. Right. Since it's always a surprise. <laughs> um. Um, then we get a, a short scene of Voka being summoned. Uh, and Wolfram and Hart saying that, um, telling him that uh, Angel has the scrolls. And uh, he's like, I'll go get them. And he looks kind of like the big bad from Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Maybe it's just capey guys. Yeah, lots of villains wear capes and have uh, inhuman-looking faces. Uh, Kate looks tired and sad. Poor, tired, sad makeup. Yeah. Um, it was funny because that homeless woman was... Well, I mean, it was kind of sad because they were making fun of people with mental illnesses. But it was funny that the they had the, they had the homeless woman like, oh, the demons are always after me, and it's because of the toothpaste factories or something like that. I forget what it yeah. was. The yeah, she's a conspiracy person, right? Yes, but you know, one the thing right probably are with a lot of things wrong, right? Yep, and then uh, Kate um, asks Angel what it was, and then says, you know, something about your kind, which kind of peeves Angel, um, and he snaps back at her, you know, to just forget about it, and she says that she doesn't forget anything, like what happened to her dad, and they kind of storm off. Yeah, I mean, I think that was a poor choice of words for Angel, but I kind of sympathize with Kate here. Yeah? I mean, She was kind of racist to him. Her dad, like, just died. Yeah. And it's not like he's a black person. He's like a literal demon, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not really giving Angel a pass on this one. Uh... I wrote down donut continuity issues. There's during the scene where they're talking in the office, 
Angel takes a big bite out of the donut, and from one way, the donut's got a big bite out of it, and then from the, over the shoulder, it's whole. And I was like, blah. <laughs> that can happen. Yep. Happens easily. Angel's kind of human. He's not a part of the world. What connects us to life is donuts. <laughs> you know, Wesley has a bad habit of being like, oh, he is what he is. He's a demon, you know. So I like that Cordelia kind of addressed, like, actions more important than just defining someone. Like, you can have your definitions of someone, but what they do, you have to think about what they do as opposed to what you think that they are. Since when has Wesley felt that way about Angel? Um, I'm thinking about how he was dealing with Faith. Because wasn't Wesley like, oh, he is what he is? In this what? episode. I don't remember that. Yeah, that's all I have written down is that Cordy reminds Wes that actions trump definitions. He is what he is. I have. He's Angel. He's good. He helps the helpless, and now he's one of them. Is that from later on, or is that from right here? That's from this scene. Huh. That's what... I mean, that's what Cordelia says. Oh, that's what Cordelia says. That's right. Maybe yeah. in response to, like, Wes saying that he's withdrawn? I don't know. It's a mystery. Wesley gets <laughs> a, a rare book. It's time for the Book of MacGuffin. Um, my next note is roughed up Wesley, but I don't know what that means. And then I have a quote from Cordelia that I like. Uh -huh. When um, they suggest that he visit, Angel visit the oracles, and she goes, oracles? Get out of the house. Might be fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get good old random guitar guy. At the flea market? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, first, uh, Voka kills the oracles, though. They tell him his kind's not allowed there. Oh, right, right. And he has a magical staff that appears in his hand. So he, that's how he gets through airport security. That's right. So that he can kill them. And then yeah, Cordelia... Mm -hmm. Isn't Wolfram and Hart just at this point trying to cut off Angel from the higher powers? That's their whole goal. Yeah. Volka says that he's going to sever the connection between Angel and... The higher powers, so that's Cordelia, the scroll, and the oracles. Right. So he starts attacking those things. Mm -hmm. um, art's the best therapy. Is your friend depressed? He does wear a lot of black. <laughs> and then Cordelia buys like a hundred dollars or more worth of art supplies more. from this woman. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like super excited about it and she says he must be a really good friend and she's like yeah and then i wrote down poor cordy because this scene is really rough and physical and hard to watch yeah i mean 
So we get Voka walking through with a giant black cape, and I just have to think there's he's got to have some sort of power that makes people not notice him. Because nobody's looking at him. I mean, he just looks like a cosplaying nerd. Like, if you didn't know that demons existed. Yeah. You would just be like, look at that weird I nerd. <laughs> I would be pretty alarmed if I saw someone, you know, like his stature and his purpose of walk, I guess. Uh, and he just, we think he's gonna, like, at least I, I was like, oh no, he's gonna attack her. And instead he, like, brushes by her hand. And at first it doesn't look like anything's happening. But then she gets hit yeah. with a bunch of visions. Just vision yeah. after vision after vision. And her visions are painful anyways. Um, yeah. And, uh... Apparently, Angel is uh, Cordelia's emergency contact because he shows up at the hospital and says that he's family. Yeah, and she's having like uh, seizures is what it looks like. Yeah, and then I wrote down blue exclamation mark, so I assume there's a bunch of blue light at some point. Yes, the hospital is very blue. Love it. Um... And then the office is blown up by Voka. As you mentioned, Wesley gets injured pretty badly. So now Angel has two friends in the hospital. And uh, also, when, like you said, he's leaving the crime scene. And she's, Kate you know, tells him that he has to stay to be interviewed by the police because he's, he's a witness to a crime. And he says that he can't stay. And she says, I'm glad we aren't playing friends anymore. Oh, and that was the part where I was like, bleh. Yeah. I like that line a lot. And I also like when Angel's like, I don't think you want to try being my enemy. <laughs> yeah, they're both being like pretty petty about it. <laughs> and then Cordelia did a really good job in this episode, but also especially in this scene of just looking totally out of it and really like making us feel really bad for her yeah everyone's pretty roughed up in this episode yeah um i think the shot <laughs> of angel walking between the two hospital beds is really nice yeah nice long winner yeah i was gonna say isn't that a one-off yeah that you know you know that really long one-off in buffy there's so many. Which one? The, I, I forget which one, but they're one so that good. begins season three? Yeah, I think that was the one. Where it just goes through the school and connects like all the characters? Insane. I normally hate winners. In fact, I really don't like that one at the beginning of season three, but I like this one. I kind of always like them. They're very flourishy for my taste. Like, look at what I can do with the car- the camera. I'm a flourishy type of person. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, we cut and... Okay, so can we go to the oracles? Did you have any more notes about the hospital scene? Yeah, Angel whispers to Cordelia, I need you back. Yeah, seriously. And this is... Like, Angel's the one that's got all this destiny, but he can't do anything if he doesn't have Cordy and Wes with him. I mean, he can do some stuff, I guess, but... Yeah. But it's a reminder that he does have things that connect him to the world. Yeah, exactly. And also, at the beginning of the season, he's like, I work alone. 
and then at the end of the season yeah. they're just turning it upside down like i feel like everything's turned upside down from where it was he's no longer batman yeah which is good because <laughs> i hate batman um yeah then he goes to the to the dead oracles and uh it's sad because I mean I still don't like them, especially the makeup. But this is the one line that I ever liked that the oracles deliver when she says, "I've been dead shortly. I don't like it." <laughs> um, okay, I am surprised that the oracles have one that they have blood, two that it's normal blood. I guess it's the easiest to do. I'm surprised they just didn't have like blue blood or something like that. Maybe it has different properties, like it would burn to the touch. <laughs> it looks the same. Or it's like that 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 chemical that if you tickle it with a feather, it explodes. <laughs> I have there's, no idea what that is. Yeah, there's a super unstable chemical that does that. Um, yeah, and she gives Angel the hint of what's going on when she says, like many demons that exist in your realm, he hides behind man's law to basically tell right. him that it's Wolfram and Hart. Um, Gun. Uh, and then he goes to Gun because he's gonna go show down this Wolfram and Hart situation, and he goes to Gun to watch over the people at the right. hospital, make sure nothing else. And happens. even though Gun's done stuff before, this is definitely the most important mission the Angels ever put him on. Yeah. And we find out that Wolfram and Hart um, is trying to bring about the literal biblical ap apocalypse. As far as I can remember, there's some biblical stuff thrown around. Sure. <laughs> and Lila gets up all up in Lindsay's face and it's like, there's some guy that failed the upper, <laughs> the upper floors and he had to eat his own liver. <laughs> Just saying. She's like, I don't know what reminded me of that. <laughs> I like the chanting, yet they live. I do not like the <laughs> fighting, which is one of my main complaints about this episode, is that, like, Wait. the fighting between Voka and Angel Yeah, it's one of the main things that I do not like about this episode. Yeah, I agree. Um, it gets, one like, thing way over like, the top. <laughs> one thing that's pretty hilarious is how on-spot Lindsay is, his Latin. <laughs> Do you think all associates are required to learn Latin that well, just in case there's like a fight that breaks out at a ritual? Um, I mean, that's a possible reason. It's also just possible that, you know, Wesley, it, I mean, not Wesley, Lindsay is, uh, you know, since he came from like a poor background, always took like the most academic seeming classes in order to, right. you know, make sure that he would get ahead. So. He was like in, in Latin club. At the university. Yeah. <laughs> um, and my next yeah, note is maggot They're face. like jumping off walls. and Yeah, I have that exact same note. <laughs> so dumb. There's another maggot face in season four. They love their maggot faces. Maggot face. <laughs> yeah, but I also wrote down bouncing off the walls. I think Voka like jumps into the air and like kicks off of one wall to the other. And I'm like... Is this like Mirror's Edge or Assassin's Creed or something like that? I would that? say like, what is this that shit? is something that Angel has not done well yet that I think Buffy does really well is fighting against people of equal strength. Like usually he's fighting against big demons that don't seem as strong as him. 
Um, but then I think they're trying to show here that Voka is equally or more strong than Angel. You know, but they just, it's like it doesn't land. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think that, like, this is one of those instances, and I think this happens a lot in Buffy and Angel, when, like, they get an influx of money, or maybe they saved money for this episode, and they're like, we're going to go all out with the fighting, but it just it's looks goofy, because it's too much. <laughs> yeah, just... I'm more of a fan of the... I liked the ensemble fighting with all the kids and the vampire. That was probably one of my favorite fight scenes. Yeah. Um, Do you think vampires are affected equally by crucifixes and crosses? I don't know what the difference is. Crucifixes have the figure of Jesus on them. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) Um... Lindsay, after finishing the ritual, says that, uh, you know, he's going to destroy the scrolls. Angel tells him not to. He starts to put them in the fire, and Angel throws the weird axe stick across, yeah, scythe, and cuts off Lindsay's hand. (laughs) And I laughed. I don't um, know. I'm a terrible person. (laughs) Cheese always says, don't believe everything you're foretold. (laughs) Maybe I'm just a cheesy person. Maybe that's why I like this episode so much, because it's so big. <laughs> I like cheesiness sometimes. I just, like, it's not in keeping with the tone of the scene. <laughs> uh, like, a, a cheesy joke that I really like that I was thinking of just the other day is, like, throughout both shows, like, whenever someone doesn't know who Andrew is, everyone is like, Tucker's brother. <laughs> That's not really a cheesy Even joke Even though no one me. remembers who Tucker is. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it's kind yeah, of Yeah, that's like joke. a normal funny joke. Because <laughs> the, the joke is about the fact that they weren't able to get that actor to come play again. So they just had to create a new character. <laughs> um, so... They go to the hospital, and Wesley uses his book to find the sacred words. And then it turns out... Well, the the spell or whatever is in the prophecy. Yeah. And it turns out the sacred word is unbind, and you just say it three times. (laughs) Makes sense. I kind of wished it had been a cheesy Latin word. But the... uh, in an episode of Buffy I just watched, um, Willow uh, undoes a spell by saying, let the spell be undone, or something like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Although they, they lampshade it. And there we go. Now the show is an entire new show. They don't have an office. They don't have the oracles. Lindsay's doesn't have a hand. <laughs> <laughs> And Cordelia is in really way invested in the the job now in a way in which she was. Yeah, before. I like that she got. I like that they're still developing her character, even though I feel like this is kind of a jump point. What do they call that in evolution? Mm. 
I forget what they call it. Yeah. I don't um, know. I know what they call what? it in science. A paradigm yes. shift. A paradigm shift, but that wasn't what I was thinking. It's like when it jumps up to the next plateau. But yeah, I mean, yeah. she has a paradigm shift. It's motivated by intense trauma, but it is definitely internally motivated. It's not someone that she's not fighting for Angel's cause anymore, basically. Yeah. I mean, she yeah. was getting there True. already, so it wasn't like right. this came out of nowhere. And, it, you know, as this last scene shows, it's not like who Cordelia is disappears because right. of it. So, like, that's a pretty believable I feel like big change. They do that again in the show. Do they do that with Wesley as well? They do it with Angel. Um, I mean, every character experiences a lot of big moments yeah. that change who they are. True. Uh, she, and then Cordy gives Angel this big old beaker of blood. And I was like, dang, she couldn't have given him like yes. a straw or something? This, this, he's just going to like, it's going to pour all over him. <laughs> it's so cute. She's like, you need to eat and hands Wesley a sandwich. And she goes, you too. And then hands Angel some blood. And even Angel is like, ugh. <laughs> um... Wesley goes, uh, oops. And uh, then he realizes that when... It's not that um, Shanshu doesn't mean to die. It's that vampires don't die. So if Angel is to die, that means that he will be reborn as a human. Yeah, that he would have lived. Yeah. Because right now, according to the people who wrote the prophecy, like they don't believe that vampires are living creatures. Right. Only something that dies can truly live. And the Shanshu pr prophecy plotline isn't that does isn't that like an overarching plot for the entire rest of Angel? Yep. It's important. Uh, in almost every season. <laughs> Are you ready for some production details? Darla, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Oh, right, right. So we cut <laughs> to darkened office, right? Is that the this part? Yeah. Though um, Lila is like, they're in like a big room or something like that. And obviously in Wolfram and Hart. And uh, I believe they were just talking about whatever Wolfram and Hart raised. And, you know, Angel's like, we'll face it, you know, as we can or something like that. You know, we just got to stick to the plan. And then cuts to Wolfram and Hart, and then Lila like walks up to the cage, and is talking to whatever's in the cage, um, and then she says Darla, and it cuts to inside the cage, and there's Darla, and everyone all freaked out. Everyone's like, oh. Yeah, normally when there's a character who I like, I put one exclamation point, <laughs> but for Darla, I put four. Love me some Darla. This is the 100th episode of Buffy Angel overall to be aired. Oh, cool. In classic Buffyverse style, Angel's apartment and the Angel investigation sets are retired by utterly destroying them. I've got one for you. Um, producer David Greenwald <laughs> says they decided to blow up the office because the sets were uncomfortably cramped when they were filming. Yeah, I assume we're looking at the same page. I mean, that's my next note. We're probably not. I've only got two. Yeah. 
Um, they mentioned the donut co continuity errors donut. in this one. <laughs> In German, this was called Duel mit dem Bosen, Duel with Evil. Hmm. <laughs> Licorice deciding that she wants to be Licorice. part of this podcast. That's it. This one doesn't have many My minutes. last note was that um, Julie Benz, her name was placed in the end credits to keep her appearance a surprise, and she's credited as special guest mm -hmm. star. Nice. This is what um, Bio says, because it's on this page. We're all very pleased you're here. I know it's a bit confusing, but it's going to be better soon. A lot better, Darla. All right. Thanks for listening. I hope you're enjoying it. If so, subscribe using your podcast listening application and give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, this podcast is the one good thing we ever did together. Marsha, the only good thing. Make sure to tell you about that. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>